no matter where we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby. Back another episode of the Stereo Bros podcast. It's your boy PNL Patagonies and Lattes, aka Dear Men, stop splitting checks with homegirls that are under hundred dollars. <laughs> aka Enjoy your summer. It's your boy. Who else we got here with us today? Greetings, greetings, greetings. It is Hat Step Suits. Hi guys, it's Jazzy. And we have a very, very special guest. Shout out to the homie Akosua for bringing through a very dope guest. Um, I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, everybody. My name is Denise. My artist name is Dela Snoop. And I'm the proud owner of Snoop Designs, a creative agency that has been creating designs since 2011. That is impressive. That is impressive. And... um. On your website, it looks like you've done some impressive work for some very impressive people, which we'll dive into. And you have a very dope show that's coming up as well. So I do. I do. Before we touch on that, can you tell the folks, you know, how you got into the arts, um, you know, your journey, what inspired you to get into a field that I don't think a lot of us are in. And I think there should be a lot more people in this space. So We'd love to hear like your background and, you know, what brought you here. Yes. So, you know, I've had a very long journey to where I've been at such a young age. Um, I'm basically a graphic designer, but my full title is a creative director. And I'm in the spaces of branding, illustration, web design, development, UX, UI, augmented reality, print and digital media. I've been in pretty much every single industry from entertainment to sports to healthcare to retail. And how I got my start is that I've just been an artist since I was like a little girl. I love drawing, love drawing in books. As time went on, I got into MySpace, which everybody, (laughs) we're in the age that we all did MySpace back in the day. So I I found out I was like really good at coding. And so I kind of just like worked with that and started to build kind of my design portfolio off of that. And when it came time for me to go to college, because I went to high school for fashion design, I actually went to fashion industries in the city. I went and looked for a career that had both tech and art. So that's how I found graphic design. And I did my four years in undergrad, graduated with a bachelor's in graphic design. And in 2011 is when I started my design company when I was a high school senior. And we originally, we were a clothing line. Unfortunately, somebody did something shady and my clothing line had fell through, but I went ahead and pivoted and created a whole entire design company, which is why I'm here today. And I, yeah. And then from there, I started doing augmented reality, which we could talk about uh, when you guys are ready. (laughs) Wow. So if somebody did something shady with your your clothing label definitely holla at is Jazzy. She probably knows a ton of people that was sued to shoot out of somebody over something like that. So. 
I mean, at this point, I don't know if if I'm if I'm still able to, but I would love to. <laughs> I basically lost all my product um, because when I went to college, I went in a different state. So I had a business partner that was supposed to handle it, and they lost all my stuff and oh. claimed they didn't make money, but I feel like they stole my money. Oh man. Well, we yeah. see at the next curl fest or roots picnic. We'll <laughs> we'll slap them with some merch or something like that. Yeah, we're gonna pull up to them. For <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, no, that's that's definitely like a very impressive background. It sounds like you actually started the the actual business in high school, which is dope because I don't know if in high school I, I was that business savvy. Uh Jazzy remembers I wanted to be a rapper back then, but I don't know if I <laughs> I don't know if I had the wherewithal to like actually start a business. So that's pretty dope. You had greater talent. um so augmented reality i'm also in tech so um i'd love for you to just expand on what that means because on the one hand you know there's folks that are doing everything from trying to have you know virtual wives and things like that but there's also like a lot of very good uses for augmented reality as well so um would you mind just diving into you know what you're doing in augmented reality yeah, so to tell you about that story, I used to work for a uh, sports agency, and we came up with this dope idea. Actually, originally started with my coworker showing me this like video of this guy who was able to make his installation on a wall come to life through a phone. And but we never knew how to do it. We just saw it, and he was like, "It would be dope if we could do this for like this campaign we want to pitch." And I was like, "I'm gonna figure out how to do that." So I did a little research, and I wound up figuring out that it was augmented reality. And basically what augmented reality is, is that it's a part of the virtual space where you're able to bring something to life that's not physically there into the into your actual life. So, for example, like if you're going on a Target app and you're trying to buy a chair, you want to see what it looks like in your house. They have the little thing that you could like do see in your house. That's augmented reality, where you basically make a piece come to life and it's not really there. Um, what I started to do is that I started to take these static digital drawings, illustrations, even photographs. And because I do animation, I was able to make them, you know, animate with, um, an app, like a third party app. And so basically what you would do is you would hold it up to the picture. It would pick up the pinpoints and then it would activate. And Uh so, um, yeah, that's how I got, that's augmented reality and the Mm -hmm. type of augmented reality I got into, but there's just like so many other ones and it's very vast depending on what you want to do so is that similar to like what they say about like uh the the real estate or virtual real estate being half like happening like you know like you use your phone and then you can see like a whole building or like Mm -hmm. activity is that similar um in a sense because i would only say it would be real if you are like using it through your phone and you're physically holding your phone up to like see what different parts of the room looks like Mm -hmm. in your actual space for that that's more of a virtual reality so there's two different places in xr which is like the whole virtual space which is augmented reality and virtual reality and with virtual reality it's like when you put the goggles on so if you're doing like a virtual tour you're technically putting goggles on through the computer and doing like a virtual tour through the house um, but there is opportunities to do augmented reality when it comes to housing. If you are in an empty place and you want to see how can I bring this to life and you start putting different pieces together and like doing your little interior decorating thing, mm-hmm. um, that's augmented reality. That's augmented reality. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Denise, I have a question about inspiration. 
So as a fellow creative, I know that sometimes uh, being in, being and in staying inspired um, is can be challenging. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, what what kind of stories do you enjoy creating? Like, what kind of stories keep your fire kind of going so that you can keep creating? What do you enjoy? What stories do you enjoy telling most? Um, I definitely enjoy doing some type of escapism, like real work life. Um, definitely join Black women. That's kind of my thing. Um, but just making people happy because I feel like the world that we live in is just so damn depressing. <laughs> and when you know yeah. when you stressed out, I do not want to see like a depressing image as a piece of art. Like there are beautiful pieces <laughs> like that, but that's just not me. So I get a lot of my inspiration from like looking at the faces of people I grew up with, um, looking at celebrities that I I really love. Um, look, I was I was really into fashion, so I take a lot of like my inspiration for my fashion design and fashion illustration and put it into a lot of my art um and then also like just being black like the black experience um some pieces from my show that's coming up is definitely going to reflect me growing up in new york um i'm originally well i'm originally from queens i'm still in queens (laughs) but i live in cali now um But yeah, that's kind of uh, where I get a lot of my inspiration from. Just like, you know, everyday life and just being happy, lots of bright colors. I don't like doing things that are too dark because it's like, if I see that in my everyday life, I don't want to see that in my art. Mm. And has creating like uplifting art helped during this panorama? I mean, that we might be. Yeah, yes, it has. <laughs> um, I'm I it was crazy because I actually did the pandemic by myself on the West Coast, so that made it even worse. I had family that had COVID, so I was just like going through the going through it. And um, I'm not gonna lie, I had a artist slump for quite some time. I would kind of like be in and be out of it. Um, Say that. Yeah, at points in time, I just didn't want to do shit. Honestly, oh sorry, don't know if I curse. No, I didn't do- it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> this is rated R. Okay. Oh, perfect, perfect. Oh, yeah, I didn't for know real. I the R is for real. Exactly. Okay, cool. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if I could, you know, do shit, honestly. I didn't want to do anything. So I would definitely say when I finally got my inspiration back and my creative juices back, it definitely made me feel a lot better. Especially like when you finish a piece. I got so many unfinished pieces. Like, I'm like, finally, I finished something. So, yeah, that I would say like it was like, it made me feel better once I, once I did it. That's fire. That's fire. Very happy to hear that you're not from the Bronx or Harlem because <laughs> that, that typically skews things. And that's that's usually where the pod goes left. It's probably like maybe one person we've had on from the Bronx that was, you know, decent. I think folks from Bronx and, and Harlem have a very different view of Brooklyn and Queens. But Brooklyn and Queens, Aww. we have a shared holiday. <laughs> like Brooklyn Queens Day shows the unity between Brooklyn and Queens. So exactly. I'm happy to hear that you're not from, um, from you know. Well, Bronx funny story, I actually am technically from the Bronx. I lived Uh-oh. in the Bronx for two years and I was like a baby, like two years old. So I now can't we good. go we good. Good. on the Bronx. You yeah, weren't connected yet. My family's you, from uptown. I can't really fit on them the way I want to. But you, but you claim <laughs> Queens. That's all that matters. I claim it's, Queens. That's, yeah. all, that's all that matters. Um, And I mean, Uptown isn't totally bad, right? Like I have like two friends that live there, right? It's not, it's not all bad. It's just not. I, know some, I lived in Harlem for a couple of years. So I loved Harlem when I lived there. 
Oh, I mean the the restaurant, Sylvia's, Amy Roofs, <laughs> White Castle, Red Roofs. White Castle. White <laughs> Castle. Listen, that White Castle. What is it on? One hundred thirty fifth. Um, and I want to say seventh. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't been to Harlem in like five years. So actually, no, I've been to Harlem in about six years. I only go to Harlem for baby showers and. <laughs> On the way home from like that's ridiculous. You are driving it. It's true. Like <laughs> no, you know, I used to work in East Harlem and it was giving me Sugar Hill in the 80s. I was like, I gotta get out of here. So hey, I was like, zombie East Harlem, though. Yes. At Zombie it's Land, listen. Zombies, baby. The Walking I, Dead I is based on East Harlem. The Walking Dead is based right, on East Harlem. I'm East convinced. Harlem, like <laughs> I, I didn't live there. I lived near Lennox, where all the fun and the action was. Right. right. So yeah. I can't shit on my uptown people. They're they some good people. They well, they're good sure. time. <laughs> Shout out to Serengeti, Serengeti, the tea house, the black owned tea house up there. I hope they're still open after the I pandemic. Go there. Yeah, very, very and as a creative, you would enjoy that space. It seems to be a hub for a lot of uptown uh, artisans too. So but oh, the cute. tea is extraordinary. Tea is extraordinary. Anyway. I'm a tea person. <laughs> I'm Jamaican, so all I do is drink tea. Period. There you go. About, so, about a more than half of this pod is Caribbean based. I mean, PNL. Oh yeah, my people. <laughs> yeah, and PNL is now Caribbean. Two thirds <laughs> are of you know West Indian descent, and they're great people. Uh, you mentioned that you're Jamaican, so I have to ask you know two very important questions. Oh um, my god! No, no, no. These are important questions. Um, vibes Cartel or Popcon? If you had to pick one, who you picking? Vibe, okay. And yeah. spice or shensia? I like spice. I, it's only because I don't listen to no shensia. She's a good artist, though. Okay. So, what about spice or Jada Kingdom? Uh, I like spice. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, she up there nice. for me. Got it. No, I had to ask because uh, I am very big on the West Indian cultures. Although my co-host think that I'm biased towards, <laughs> <laughs> towards or, or away from theirs, I always like to ask those questions to get like a feel for what folks from different islands, you know, think about music. Because I listen to a lot of vibes. I listen to a lot of uh, Spice, but I like it too. I like her vibe and her uh, lustful music, so. <laughs> her lustful music. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm just a man with uh with bills and and lots of responsibilities it's and a dope podcast. In LA, doing doing the thing, she is getting the production going. So I, <laughs> I don't know what her music about to sound like when she put out an album. Shensea, she's she's in LA. I mean, if she get with Drake, she might have a couple of uh crossover hits, but I think she already has a really good sound and i think she has a good lane um i'm really happy she stopped the beef with jada kingdom too because i think they can make good like you know music together yeah you know good tunes together uh speaking back on the lady i know you mentioned that you have a show coming up um okay. i'll be there virtually <laughs> but i wanted to uh just make sure that you put out the details in terms of you know what you're showcasing who you're doing it for in terms of like you know your desired market, you know, what you're showcasing, you know, all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. So it is my 
fourth annual art show celebrating my 10 years of business. I've been doing art shows since 2017. I actually started in Brooklyn, my first art show. And um, what we're going to be doing is showcasing straight augmented reality, virtual reality pieces. Um, Some of the biggest pieces I've done, some of the most expensive pieces that I've done. And what we're going to be having people do is they're going to come in. It's a beautiful venue. It's in downtown L.A., at the East Angel and it's massive inside. It's actually a renovated art gallery and it looks like a warehouse from outside. So when you come inside, you're going to check in and then you're gonna basically like go on a journey, go to look at all the different pieces that I have up. Um, In the front, we're gonna have a stage where we're gonna be doing an artist talk where I'm gonna just basically be talking about how I did it, why I do it. I'm a black woman. So to have an event like this in LA, people love it. Um, to give background of why I even wanted to do it in LA is I'm trying to get my feet wet on the West Coast. I've been on the East Coast uh, for my past three shows. So I definitely want to expand over there. And I do a lot of vending in LA. So this is definitely something from all the customers who have come to me said, we have never seen anything like this. So it's really going to be a dope, immersive experience. We're going to have uh, music, we're going to have drinks, we're going to have some hors d'oeuvres for the after party. We are going to be having vendors from the community. I'm very big on having students and and community members come, specifically Black and Hispanic, because we're not at all in the tech AR, especially virtual spaces. Um, How I know that is because I've been to conferences, I've read the articles, I've seen the people who are high up on the list and they don't look like us. So I'm really, really pushing for a lot of, especially like younger students to come high school, college to just see like, this is another lane you could take your art. You don't have to just have static art or you don't just have to be a developer. You can actually like make it bigger. Um, It's going to be an all day event. It's going to start in the morning time. And then we're going to have a stop um, in the evening. And then if you do purchase the after party tickets, then it's going to flip into an after party. So you come dressed looking nice, have some good music, some good food. And it's going to be a vibe. So it's on August 15th, 2021. And you can buy your tickets at a adecadeofdimensions.com. The name of the event is called A Decade of Dimensions. Perfect. That sounds dope. Um, well, any of the Jenner Kardashian or their baby <laughs> fathers or friends be there as well? <laughs> I don't know for sure, but it's open to everybody. So if anybody want to come through, they can definitely come through. All you got to do is just hop on that highway from, you know, Calabasas. Come on down to downtown LA. There is going to be parking there, so you guys don't have to worry about parking. Um, however, if, you know, we do run out of the street parking, we are also looking into doing shuttle buses to have people come in with cars. Because, you know, LA, you got to drive everywhere. <laughs> uh, wow, that sounds... Sounds dope. And like I said, I'll be there virtually. Um, definitely going to get a virtual ticket and mm-hmm. we'll tune in and yes. support from uh, from Brooklyn. But um, yes. Oh, so let me also tap on that. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I absolutely. forgot to bring that up. So it's also a virtual showcase and we are doing it with the online platform that you will basically be in the same exact space as if you were in person through your computer. So you'll be able to activate the art. You'll be able to take pictures, listen to the artist talk and listen to the DJ straight from your house so Mm. if you live anywhere in the country especially like my east coast people because i did this because i'm from new york and i have family and friends who are in new york you guys are definitely definitely able to buy a ticket and then you can just watch and interact 
from your computer screen. You can also talk to people and it also can show your face. So you're going to have like an avatar kind of thing. Um, so people will be able to have conversations with you as well, as long as they're in the virtual space. Wow. No, that sounds super immersive. That sounds yeah. super exciting. And I'm happy that you are also selling your art too, because I think too often with black creatives, we have so much incredible stuff and we feel like we have to like pay our dues and give it away. But um, mm-hmm. I actually met a black artist a while back um, and he does a lot of like he's selling art now and he does like art education shows too on like how to buy art. And and basically he's trying to find ways to build up and build the value in black art. And I think that's one of those things where I'm excited mm-hmm. to see, you know, where this goes. And I really want to see, you know, those those pieces go for the prices that they should. And I just definitely want to keep encouraging all black creatives to, you know, don't feel like you have to sell things for the low. I think that sometimes you giving people the opportunity to, you know, value you, you know, they'll, they'll rise to the occasion, right? Like if people got Mm -hmm. all the money for the latest drip, then they can get the latest, you know, dope art as well. Especially Mm -hmm. when they know that, you know, these are things that can grow and appreciate, you know, and value over time. Yeah. Exactly. I um I'm actually starting to like educate if it's from my friends to people who do purchase like some of my biggest pieces is that art one can be tax deductible. So if you're looking for investment pieces that can make you money, that's that. And two, um just because right now, you know, you see it at a certain price doesn't mean that like 10 years from now, 20 years from now when you pass it down to your children, that piece could be worth millions of dollars because, you know, I could be very rich and famous and then I pass away and nobody else be in my artwork okay. and you have one of my originals. So mm-hmm. that is um something else that, you know, people should be investing in. And now with this whole NFT thing, the virtual currencies, um, definitely spaces like augmented reality and virtual reality are definitely being tapped in. Um, and like artists like me can make a lot more money uh, with those virtual currencies. I personally am entering into that space. Nice. Um, so don't ask me too much about it, but I do know that that is an option out there as well. Not, no. Do you commission pieces? I do do commission pieces. So I my creative agency, um, because we're a full service agency, I do it all. like do the invoices, estimates, everything. Um, so if somebody does want something uh, personalized, they can definitely go on my website, uh, daylasnoop.com, so that's D-E-L-A-S-N-P.com, slash inquire, and they can actually inquire about getting a custom piece made by me. Um, and also, if you want it to be augmented reality, I can also do that as well, um, just depending on what you want, how you want to print it, because I do a lot of my work uh, digital digital illustration. That sounds dope. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll, I'll, I'll definitely follow up on that. And then separately... I know the NFT stuff from like the tech legal perspective. So if you want to chat, you know, on the side about that, I can give you some uh, some solid pointers to keep in mind as you uh, get further into the space. Because right now, it's, oh, yes, it's the wild, wild <laughs> west. And the good thing about mm-hmm. that is that I think right now it's still pretty artist favorable. So this is like, you know, the perfect time to get in until they can figure out, you know, the meets and bounds of the law. This is the best time to be in on the artist side. Mhm. Mm-hmm, definitely. I'm definitely gonna reach out to you because I, I still get confused. <laughs> no, it, it's it's like widespread chaotic confusion right now. So I'm more than happy to help. Um, and I think 
you know, this is just like another area where there's widespread chaos and confusion in terms of value. And that's high value men and women as uh, I get a perplex look from Hatshepsut. Um, we wanted to, as we wrap up, you know, get your thoughts on a couple of things as a creative. One, you know, what is it like from your perspective? In terms of our dating segment, we wanted to ask you, you know, what's it like in terms of dating as an entrepreneur? And then uh, <laughs> Jazzy has a follow-up question as well. Okay, yeah. So dating as an entrepreneur. Um, I would say that it definitely shows me that men are more clingy <laughs> than I I imagined. Um, you know, I'm busy. Ouch. I'm always working. And I think, yeah, one of my love languages is definitely like acts of service and gifts because I prefer if somebody just helps me in my everyday life and getting my life together and I help you with getting your life together um, rather than, you know, just trying to be up under me all the time. I definitely know, um, because I've been living by myself, shoot, since I was in college. So I definitely like my own space. And so, you know, I think that when I get around a man who's a little bit too clingy, I tend to kind of like uh, pull away because it's like you're doing too much. So I would say dating, definitely, I have to find a balance for it. And I make time for people who are worth my time. You sound like a Sagittarius. Uh, excuse me. I a am Sagittarius. a Sagittarius. You sound like a Sagittarius. I, I knew it. Sagittarius. Yeah. I'm not a terrorist. <laughs> Niggas is clingy. No, we just want to be loved. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it's a, listen, it's a dude that's going to hear this and be crying like, she was my cinnamon apple. Oh, <laughs> You're going to be crying. You're going to be crying in the car. Do you think, Denise, that maybe, um, like, how much of that, I know I, I have an appreciation for freedom and personal space, too. I'm wondering if, if that has... Um, Outside of being on your own, it just if having someone be creative ability too. Do you think that that has a? Um, yeah. So uh, I wouldn't say creative ability, but I definitely say product productivity. Productivity. That's better. Yeah. yeah. Because um, I can get into a mood, especially like I said, I've had like those artist drops where I'm not doing anything. Right. Um, if I start to find out that like oh, I'm not doing work or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do or I'm avoiding something, I know that that's a problem. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's also like a personal problem. Like you have to know how to balance, you know, being in a relationship or being with somebody and working. So um, I just have to be able to find that balance because I've had times where it's like, okay, it's going on a week, Denise, you have not finished this project. I think you need to move. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and having a partner who might be more interested in, uh, quality time versus like what you described as the, the, the act of service might mm -hmm. not work, might not be, might be counterintuitive, right? To some degree. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think for me, because I'm on the West Coast and everybody's over here that like I generally tend to like, <laughs> I think that it's a little bit easier for me to do long distance dating rather than having somebody next, you know, having somebody in state because it kind of is like absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I tend to miss people a little bit more. And then it's like, okay, now I can like schedule a week to you because I haven't seen you in like three months. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I do good with long distance dating, but if you're the type of long distance partner who needs to like 
talk to me all the time, then uh, <laughs> we're not gonna work. <laughs> she was my cinnamon apple. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz, did you want to ask that follow-up question you had? Oh yes, no. <laughs> No pressure. Um, well, no, I saw, I saw courtesy of Hatshepsut, um, this tweet that is going around about men having to be likable in this day and age. And so the basis is just like, okay, you know, back in the day, women, our moms, our grandmothers, our great grandmothers, they were a lot more dependent on men just because of the hierarchy and structure of society. They needed them to get a bank account, to get a mortgage, to get anything. You needed a man. And as society has progressed, you know, we have rights now. We can do things. We have mm-hmm. the things. And we are less dependent or um, needing of a man to supply certain things. Mm-hmm. Not saying that men are disposable and not necessary, but there's just a, a, a different set of things that they're necessary to provide. So with that comes, you know, the need to have a personality. That (laughs) you're not there for food, clothing, and shelter, but companionship becomes a, a top priority and more of a necessity. So the question I'm posing to Stereo Bros and Miss Denise Koch is, are, do men need to be likable in this day and age? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta raise, okay, so I'm I'm very big on personalities. Like if I if I could click with somebody immediately, I'm all in love with you. It's it's over. Like I'll be on top of you, whatever. Well, not too much because you know I don't like okay. all that stuff. But, <laughs> but it's okay. to an extent. Okay. <laughs> but to an extent. Okay. But um <laughs> Yeah, they need to have personalities. They need to bring something else to the table besides what's in between their legs. And yeah, so um, definitely I, I would say they need a personality. They also need to have friends. Um, and I say that because it's like when you are a loner and you rely on your partner to be your best friend, mm-hmm. that doesn't work out out too well because then it's like when when we get into a problem who you gonna talk to talk to me about me no that's not gonna work um and i don't know i just feel like they have i feel like they gotta bring something something else to the table so like for example men are saying oh we want women who cook and clean do all the other stuff but it's like do you know how to fix stuff you know how to fix a car do you know how to like Hang a like shit that. Up. I'm a photo. But, <laughs> you know how you know like put wood together because I can do that. So I if you can't do that, then uh, this don't really work. So yeah, they gotta bring they gotta they gotta bring a little bit more nowadays. And um, you know, I got a little brother, and my brother's like, oh, all these girls talk about us, they want money, and I was like, well, you gotta you gonna have to step it up, DJ, if you try to talk to girls, you know, like because. The girls nowadays are not just going for, oh, you're a man. I've waited for you my entire life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. my take on it. <laughs> we love it. We love uh, it. I, re- I really love this 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 topic, Jazzy. I'm so glad we turned it into I don't know if we thing. love it as much as I feel like. We love it. <laughs> I feel I like it. on the one hand, I agree that you need personality. I think when I was younger as a man and everybody was broke, like high school, college, personality mattered more. But 
now that I'm in like the professional corporate world, I see a lot of schmucks that got the bag getting the lady, right? And, you know, as I've said, the uh, rap scholar John Jackson, AK Fabulous, said, money can't buy oh, happiness, Jesus. but it's a damn good <laughs> down payment. And I think more often than not, you know, the rich guy or the guy with the bag, however you define, you know, a certain amount of wealth um, that can provide financial security, he can be a blatant a-hole, cheat on his wife, do whatever, because he has the bag. And some women go for that. I'm not saying all. I do think mm-hmm. that now more women have their own bags, so they're not as concerned with that. Exactly. But exactly. if you take a broke guy with a ton of personality versus a guy with some paper and he's a bit of an asshole, nine times out of ten, the woman's going to go with that guy that can provide that financial security. That's just my my take on it. I don't so know. I'm going to talk off of that. <laughs> hey, that's more like five or six out of ten. Yeah. That's still, that's still a majority, though. That's still a majority. Yeah. No, you said five out of ten. Continue to get slimmer as the years yeah. progress. And women make more money. Yeah, they do. And I, the thing about that is that, so I'm in a higher, I make money. And so I know guys with money and I've dated guys with money. And it's like, even when you date somebody with money, like let's say I go for the guy, he got the nice car, got his own place, got a good job, but he's an asshole. Over time, I'm going to lose interest. So it's like, okay, yeah, they stay with the guy, but then there's infidelity. Then there's a a miserable relationship. So it's like, do you want to be happy? If you're just going to use your money to like get women, you know, you're not going to be genuinely happy because they genuinely do not want to be with you. They're only there for, what you have and if you were to lose that tomorrow she's out as she should be because that's all you had to offer which was money mm-hmm. that is and there's the um the, well you guys have heard of a uh well her name is aisha fines i believe she actually passed um this week uh but she oh, was the host uh, a panelist on grapevine tv i think it is and she uh had there was an uh, a a she has her own uh, women love power, like her own outlets that she does empowerment circles through and things of that nature. And one thing she has said in the past is that there's a huge difference between, uh, you know, rich, wealthy, or like well-to-do men and generous, rich, wealthy, and well-to-do men. And I think there, it like, that's, that's the piece that we're talking about here in terms of character, because if you end up with a man who got money, but he's not generous, you're with it. You're with a dick who's going to, who's going to treat you like he's the asset and you're not, as opposed to a man who is generous, right? You know, where it's like, um, cause a generous man don't need a, don't need a big bag. So like, if you have a, a, exactly. a generous man, a generous man who makes money, then the experience is going to be far different, right? We're looking at Ciara and Russell, even though Ciara got her own everything, you know, that's a generous dude. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that looks a little bit different versus when she was with Future, a dude that had money, but might not have been very generous. And that showed up in his character in other spaces. So I think that distinction is like really important too. But but PNL, I had cut you off, right? You were gonna- not, not so good. And I think you, you drive home a good point about Russell Wilson, but I still think that there's a population of women that would choose future over Russell Wilson because of a certain amount of allure with futures, I guess, presentation as a, as a quote unquote hood dude, which we could put to the side for a second, but I think like a man won Taraji P. Henson's character cast aside. Like a man won. 
cast aside the hardworking man who was trying to get together his his chef career for Tyler Perry reference (laughs) for Morris Chestnut because Morris Chestnut pulled up in the S550 and then to Denise's point she realized like all this dude cared about was himself and she she went back and forced herself back into his life on his food truck so listen I agree with what y'all saying I just need y'all to say it louder so that more women will actually buy into that because it's a lot of dudes out there that come to me is like yo bro Dating right now is so hard because, you know, women want every date to be a $400 date and all this type of stuff like that. And the first thing I I tell dudes. I noticed it wasn't a $400 date if you had the personality to keep them captive. Oh, so It's more so like, yo, bro, we went to the first spot and she bought the lamb chops and then she ordered a bottle of. uh, Don't bring her there. Right. And I think I tell dudes like, but did you pick the spot? Nah, she said she wanted to go to Julane. Or I'm like, bro, like pick the spot. Right. Like you can say that you're going to go to to Peaches. And if a woman is into good food, she's into good food. And mm-hmm. if she's into a name, if you mention five dope food spots that, you know, and she mentions five mixy spots that she knows and wants to go to then you got to be mentally prepared for, you know, what it is. And then if you get there, she's like, I'll start with the lamb chops. And then my entree is going to be the salmon market price. And then I'm going to wash all this down with a bottle of Vouve. And by the way, keep the shots of 42 coming. Now, if she got the ability to do all that on her own, cool. Because a lot of women out here spend money like drug dealers because they got money like drug dealers. But if she is spending money in a way that is not your comfort zone, She's not the one for you. And if you don't got your bag right as a man, you should not be out here dating to begin with. But a lot of dudes feel like they can't compete because on the Internet, you got a lot of these. These accounts, I'll call them, that put out these ridiculous things like cash app her 2000 because it's Tuesday. And there's some people that feel like they got to keep up with that. Which the is internet, the internet is the internet and the real world is the real it's world. It's a real world. Like people say a lot of shit on the internet that is not true. And no. or 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 it's an exaggeration. Agreed. Agreed. So yes, I would love for a man to take me to a very expensive restaurant, but I'm also fine going to a really nice restaurant with really good food that mm-hmm. a bill could come for under $100 and having an right. amazing conversation with someone. Right. But I think what's happened over the years is that men have been pressed and conditioned to, oh, you got to work and then the bitches will come. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't pay attention to the girls you're getting now because when you get that job, all the chicks is going to be on you mm-hmm. and there's no personal development. There's no self-awareness. There is only exactly. hyper focus on success and what that success will bring. And yeah. I think the conversation really needs to change for both men, men and women on self-development and really developing mm-hmm. purpose for each other. And so that you can bring something to the table other than money or other than a big butt or other mm-hmm. than, you know, like I, I, I really do think we're doing ourselves a disservice without like focusing on like self-actualization. Absolutely. And, you know, because mm. you can Talk be boring, but if you know yourself and you mm-hmm. know, like, like what your strengths are, you will pro- play up those strengths so Come that on. 
you know, somebody doesn't notice that you're lacking in the personality department. Exactly. I have to say, too, that, you know, just to add on to that, I think some women are very superficial because I posted on my gram that I was going to get some new leather sandals and socks for, (laughs) for summer wear and to grill. And I got like 10 messages saying, oh, that's mad ugly. You look like somebody's grandfather. And I'm like, since when is it about teasing somebody for wearing leather sandals and socks with shorts in the summer, right? Like, I'm sorry if I'm not wearing all, all Dior and... and well, I, I don't think they were teasing. Go ahead. No, sorry to interrupt. No, I was saying, I don't think they were teasing you specifically on the name brand, but rather that you look like somebody's uncle. And that's a joke in itself. <laughs> like... <laughs> like I know, I know, I know. Like, I know. Well, I don't think you should have took that to heart. No, no, no. No, it was it was all jokes, but it, I mean there is so I think what's scary too is that there is like this crossover, right? Like we could all be in the same room and people won't be able to tell, you know, in, in most cases who we are, what we do, where we from, and then you might go to the same restaurant as somebody who's wearing a $5,000 outfit but sleeps on a bunk bed. And there's a there's a population of people that'll be attracted to presentation and not be able to drill down or filter out the substance immediately. And I think that I've built up the ability to, I can kind of be out and I can see how people like order food and how to interact and tell if they are, are tacky or not, right? So it's like, I've been places like steakhouses for work and I see a group of black women and they spend the money like drug dealers. They buy mad stuff. And then when the bill comes, oh, no, no, I got it. And they put it on a corporate card. To me, that's dope shit. And then I've been in that same steakhouse and seen a bunch of people, you know, dressed up as uh, in like the latest, you know, rapper uniform. And then when the bill comes after they've taken their 15 pictures, they scrambling to come together for the money to pay the bill. And yesterday that shit happened too. I was at one of my my Thai spots, you know, solo chilling. And I'm sitting in the corner and behind me and in front of me, there was two tables with a woman and two dudes and they drinking it up, they drinking it up, you know, doing what they do. And then when the bill come, the bill was probably, it was happy out, bill was probably a hundred dollars. And they scrambling to put together a hundred dollars. And I'm just like, yo, what are we doing? Right? So. That's why I feel like in terms of, you know, the dating part of that, I feel like sometimes people just want the presentation of opulence and the ability to put up a picture with a plate from a certain restaurant, but aren't spending the time actually doing what they actually like. Right. Like if everybody's drinking liquor X, but, you know, in your heart of hearts, you you like liquor Y and it tastes better and it's better quality then drink what you like. Don't Mm -hmm. don't feel like you got to be included in a mix. And that's the Go ahead, Chef Soup. Oh, no. I, 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 did you finish? I didn't want to clip you if you weren't done. I feel like you're about to say exactly what I was about to, so go for it. Go for it. I'm going to tag you in. All right. All right. Cool. I'm tagged in. I just, I feel like, you know, what we're describing are consumers. You know what I mean? Like, and we got, we got to, 
not act like they're not being sold to because the dudes that complain about chicks that want $500 meals are also men who are aiming for chicks that want $500 meals. You know what I mean? They're aiming for that type of chick. That type of chick has been marketed to them. This woman might have 60 suitors, all of which might be taking her to dinners that cost a thousand dollars because she's bad, right? Cause she's, she did, she that. We have to admit that it's not just women that might want a guy with a bag. These dudes want women that fit their image, that fit where they're going. You know what I'm saying? So like these women come with a hefty price tag along a lot of time. So it's almost like shift why you want that kind of woman or why you want to, you want that kind of man, like investigate that. And you might end up with some different experiences. But beyond that, what I'm most excited about this conversation for is not even for us really. Well, for us, in a sense, but like, I'm excited because it's like, I want everyone as a result of this to ask their mothers, ask your aunties how happy they were in their relationships with your uncles. Oh, you're choosing violence. Your you're choosing, dad. you're choosing yes, full I violence am. today. You're choosing violence. <laughs> yes, I am choosing violence <laughs> because I think that's part of the conversation that needs to happen. That post, why I reposted every single slide was because two of them said really important things. One of which was your grandfather might've been trash. The second was that some of these men had multiple families that they were emotionally and financially abusing. Mm. You got to stop talking bad about Caribbean you know men like that, please. Stop bashing Caribbean <laughs> men. So I'm saying, I'm what I'm <laughs> what I'm trying to illustrate, what I'm trying to illustrate um, is just that, you know, the situation has not always been hunky-dory, even though it looked good to you, even though these goals look good, someone usually kind of like, has to take the shorter the shorter end of the stick. And historically, that has been women. So now when we're in a place where the playing field is a little even, a little bit more even, you know, um, you're looking at women actually want quantitative things that versus not, not quantitative, qualitative things versus quantitative things because they didn't do the quantitative piece on their own. And instead of men kind of being like, you know what, well, maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't, you know, uh, de- demand that this woman, you know, present in a certain way because I, I do X, Y, and Z in the third, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, um, there's some qualities we could, we can meet on instead as opposed to just like the bag and everything else. So that was just my, that was my spiel. I don't know if it, I love it. Me, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was dope. Denise, I don't know if you have any final thoughts. I know you got a rap. We don't want to hold you. I know you got a very tight schedule and we want to be respectful yeah. of your time. Did you have any no. final thoughts on that or Um, I just wanted to say that like you know um, if if you guys have like people that are in our age group or people who are younger even like you know people are coming up like early 20s um, just learn to like court properly I think what tends to happen is that a lot of people our age men and women don't know how to technically court properly and think oh I'm supposed to get the $300 date off the rip Mm -hmm. Um, if you are talking to somebody and I'm not talking about having the whole relationship or courtship being talking you could kind of figure out the type of head people have just from simple questions that you ask so figure out what you like as a person how you want to be treated as a person what you want from whatever you're trying to get from the opposite person that's in that relationship and then like go into the dating field like that because I think if if I know I'm the type of person who likes $800 dates my conversation will be very different rather than mm-hmm. if I'm like, I'm down for whatever. So um, I definitely think that we need to take some time to start courting properly. And just because one day don't go right, like the girl, she run up your bill for $400. Don't mean you got to go on another date with her. 
(laughs) But that also doesn't mean you have to talk down to her. It's just like, that just was a date that just didn't work. So that's my thoughts on that. (laughs) Perfect. And that's, that's well said. Jazzy, thanks for a spirited topic. I'm sure my, my, uh, I can't even call them my army, but the, uh, (laughs) the case Samuel crew will uh, weigh in separately once this drops, but very, very, very good uh, comments from everyone. So Denise, it's been a pleasure having you. Would you mind dropping uh, your socials? Can you plug your event again and let them know where they can get tickets, where they can follow you on, you know, the gram, Twitter, if your MySpace is still live, you know, go for it. <laughs> so I actually created like a fake MySpace, but it's not real MySpace. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you guys, my business again is named Snoop Designs. My name is Denise. My artist name is Dela Snoop. Um, you guys can visit my website at DelaSnoop.com. If you would like tickets to the event, the event is August 15th. It's in downtown LA at the East Angel and it's virtually online. You could buy tickets at a decade of dimensions. What well, at the end dot com. Um, if you want to follow me on social, it's at d e l a s n p dot g r f x. So Dallas New Graphics. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Zagad d a g a w d. And um, I'm everywhere else. So if you want to professionally link with me, I'm on LinkedIn and all that stuff. But thank you guys so much for having me. It was a pleasure, and I hope to see you all at my show. Yes. Absolutely. We'll yes. definitely we'll definitely be there. It's been a pleasure having you. Um everyone, stereobros.com, website, merch, podcast, it's all up there. Um, parting words for me this week is still gotta guard your wallets. It's getting hot outside. Don't let a sundress get you undressed and out of your wallet too quickly. Guard your heart and your wallet, champs. Be vigilant, be brave. My parting words this week are for my fellow countrymen, to all of the Haitian people who are just trying to keep it together during this time of really crazy uncertainty. Um, I just don't want us to forget. Don't forget. Okay. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget the history. Don't forget the story. Don't forget all of this stuff is repeated. So don't allow people to shake your spirit with this stuff. Um, you know, this is this can be a great opportunity for us to rebuild something beautiful, um, which is which is a long time in the in the making. So um, my heart, my head, my everything is with the diaspora to Jaspoa and all of the people who are waiting to go back home, like my parents and everyone else, and with um the president of uh, the the family of the first of the president, the, the family of the president and the first lady who uh who is still in uh, the hospital in Miami. So that's my my final words are Aibobo, and that's it. Yes, thoughts and prayers to IT. Um, I am, just to go back to the self-actualization, you know, we're we're not done with the pandemic. So if you didn't get things done and people are seeming like they've been involved and they've been, there is still time. (laughs) There is still time to evolve as a person. Go back inside. You don't have to be outside. Go back inside Mm -hmm. with yourself. And evolve and catch up to your peers because right. some of y'all didn't get nothing done Half-baked. during Half-baked. The, the pandemic. So right. Go back inside. Mm. <laughs> on that note, we will see y'all again soon, but make sure you follow us on socials and tap into the website over and out. No matter where we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby.